Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil for the secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Uh, you are freshly back um, from StarCast and all the way in Chicago. How was it, man? It was a fun time. I was only there for two days. Got to meet CM Punk on Saturday. That was a bucket list item for me as he's one of my favorites of all time. Just a big inspiration. So, And he mm. could not have been nicer. Probably my favorite wrestler I have ever met. Um, wow. It was just incredible. But the whole weekend was cool. Chicago is a city. If you've never been a place you have to be, if only briefly, just a great time. A lot of stuff to do there. Weather is always usually pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great time. And all out, I got to watch live from the hotel for free with a Bleacher Report stream. So it was a nice time. <laughs> nice, man. Well, you know what? At least, you know, if you weren't at all out, at least we can rule you out for taking the AEW title, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah, it wasn't me. It's not my luggage. You could check me, but yeah, nah, yeah. That, that sucks to hear about. I, that, I thought that was just hilarious. Like, literally days after winning it, Jericho's already lost the championship. Like, what are the odds of that? Not to say that it hasn't happened before. Uh-huh. This ha- once happened to Bruno many years ago, so it's not like, oh, AEW's Bush League. Like, none of that shit. Like, this shit happens. It was an accident, but right. it's just funny to me. Well, you know, my sources tell me Graham Matthews is, is not a suspect, so that's good to hear. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, listen, man, I mean, that title going missing I mean is there any chance that could be a work or do you think Jericho got really got got for the title no I think um I was thinking that initially but then when I saw the police report filed I think that's illegal to file a false police report if it's something that you did yourself or whatever mm. so I don't think they would go that far if it was just a work um so no I don't I don't think it's a work um, it is funny though. I mean, people will speculate all day long that it was a work. I've seen people say, I mean, we talked about it here on the show that people said that Roman Reigns' leukemia was a work. So, I mean, mm. wrestling fans will think anything's a work just because it's wrestling and that's the way we've been led to believe. Right. Uh, but no, I, I do think this is 100% real though. Yeah, because you know, I know I've seen Mark put the, the, the tweet out about Jericho, um, the belt being stolen, and then I quoted, tweeted him saying, well, do you think they'll find it by October 2nd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I'm just saying it might say, hey, listen, October 2nd debut show, TNT. Hey, you know what? We found the belt, you know, something like that. But I think that was, you know, it was a crazy story over the weekend. Um, but probably not the biggest story that we have going on right now. Again, you can find Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant for uh, Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz. Find the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud. So, a couple things. I know you asked Starcast. Uh, a couple things CM Punk said that was that was cool and different. Um, we did have All Out this past weekend. King of the Ring tournament continues. We had uh, Bailey, I guess, on the verge of a heel turn. Depends how you you look at it from the crowd perspective, especially uh, at SmackDown last night. Now the crowd at SmackDown, I don't know what was going on, but they were really into everything. Maybe just that you know, being in Norfolk, Virginia is different than, than going to other cities, but they were live and enthused the whole entire night, which made everything they showed uh mean something bigger. So now we get to Monday and I know I'm skipping all overall, which I don't really care about right now. So Bailey <laughs> turns, I guess heel heel ish at the moment. Uh, her, yeah, her and Sasha were hitting Becky with a chair. Sasha would to come out. She interfered in the match, and then Bailey comes out to stop Sasha. They're, they they stare at each other. Crowd is you know anticipating, and then Bailey attacks Becky Lynch, and the crowd goes crazy, and they keep chanting one more time, one more time, and then again Becky is the, is is you know the face, and they want Bailey to attack her. Then we get the SmackDown. Uh, the promo with Charlotte, this and that, just a different 
uh, different vibe with Bailey, different everything going on now with, with Sasha being involved. What do you take of this highly anticipated heel turn that we finally got? And it, it, is it a full 100% heel turn because the crowd was kind of like cheering for her on Monday and Tuesday? <clears throat> Um, I think it was a full-on heel turn. I mean, I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. But if Sasha's a full-on heel, then I would say Bailey's probably a full-on heel too. I know, I know the crowd reaction; she was being cheered, but that's because people want to see her as a heel. So I don't think that makes her like a face or a fan favorite or whatever. But um, I thought the way that it was executed was great. I honestly did not see that coming. I guess the seeds were planted the last, you know, earlier on in the evening, and then the week before on SmackDown. I honestly didn't think they would go that route, though, especially so close to Clash of Champions. Mm. Um, when Bailey's set to face Charlotte for the title, who's a heel, and she came across like a heel on Tuesday. Charlotte did, though they will be in Charlotte's hometown of Charlotte at the pay per view um, next weekend. I think so. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So I, she'll be the babyface on that night. Whether whether she'll remain babyface Charlotte, that is, to kind of combat Bailey as a heel remains to be seen. Um, but I thought it was great. I thought they would just have Bailey and Sasha feud, um, not align with each other. It's interesting, if nothing else. It was a great ending to Raw. The crowd went nuts for it. Um, I know she came out on Tuesday with her full-on entrance, and you know they had the same old song. But we hear the stories every week about how um, Raw is being rewritten, you know, minutes before the show. That's probably something that happened or that wasn't planned. That really kind of came about as a last minute thing. So if that was a last minute thing, I highly doubt they would have heel music ready for her within 24 hours. So I'm yeah. not shocked that she came out to her old entrance and did all the usual shtick. It might be a little while before she kind of updates her gear and look and theme and which I'm looking forward to. I think if she changes her gear, the theme song, maybe lets her hair down, she can be like a real like like Io Shirai in NXT mm-hmm. who's become an amazing heel in the last couple of months I think Bailey can kind of follow that you know that same formula but I thought it was great I really enjoyed the way they um, handled it at the end of Raw this week at the beginning of Smackdown yeah. and it's one of those things that got me intrigued to watch the show you know this coming week yeah I I wasn't expecting it but I liked how it went down and I don't want to sound nitpicky but I think if if you were telling me to write it now, when you when you see Bailey and Sasha in the ring on Monday, and she takes the chair away from Sasha, and then it was like they were just staring at each other, and like it wasn't like Sasha was saying like like don't hit me, don't hit me or whatever, and all of a sudden, Bailey gives Sasha this look, this smirk, and then hits Becky. Now, if you tell me that, if I if, if I'm writing it, Sasha attacks Becky, Bailey comes in takes the chair they arguing sasha could be like what are you doing you're, you're my best friend da, 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 whatever kiss may be and they argue back and forth and everybody thinks bailey is gonna go against sasha and then at the last freaking moment boom she attacks becky and then makes sasha shocked shocked as shit to you know to find out you know what she did and be like oh okay now i see what's going on but the way they did it was was good but I felt like they would have more kind of a, a in-your-face in kind of thing to make people think that Bailey is going against Sasha, then cool. But regardless, we get a heel turn from, from Bailey. Um, I like what, what they did on SmackDown. It, it, it kind of makes you think going, going into the pay-per-view that for me, Graham, I'll be shocked if Sasha does not walk out as champion, and I'll be shocked if Bailey does not walk out champion. I think they both should be champions. You, you know, you mentioned earlier sh- the the show is in Charlotte. So if you're from a certain town and you're at the pay per view, more likely you're not gonna win win uh, win that match. So that's why I think Bailey's gonna win, and I think there's no way Sasha walks out without the belt. Well, honestly, Charlotte was my pick to win initially, ah. uh, just because Bailey's reign has been good, but it's not exactly like she was lighting the world on fire as a face champion. She had the potential to, but the whole Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross feed was eh. The Ember Moon thing, no one really cared about. There wasn't really handled as an important priority on SmackDown. Um, this is much better at this point to turn Bailey heel and to not have her retain the title and give her a little longer of a reign as champion. Yeah. At this point, I think would be a mistake. So yeah, she should retain at the pay per view. Uh, 
maybe screw Charlotte out of the championship. And that's what, um, you know, that's how she retains the title. That's what turns Charlotte face in her hometown moving forward. Maybe she doesn't have to be a full on face. Like, I don't think Charlotte's a really good face at all. Um, but I think if they make her more like Becky, who is like an antihero or a tweener for a while, I mean, she's still kind of that way too. I think that would work. But, um, with Sasha and Becky, I mean, I think Sasha kind of has to win because if she doesn't, yeah. she's going to win it eventually. She has to because Ronda Rousey's not going to be back anytime soon. There really isn't anyone else to face Becky for that belt. Um, she's had it since WrestleMania. It's been about five months. So she's had her run. That's great. She can always lose it and get it back at some other point. That's always a possibility, too. Um, but I agree. I think the smartest thing to do right now is to put the belts on the Boston Hug Connection, the Raw Women's Championship on Sasha, and the SmackDown Women's Championship on Bailey to fully capitalize on the momentum they have right now. And I think this, um, this storyline with all four of them is going to dominate the show from what September now you got Hell in a Cell next month you got Survivor Series in November I forgot it was December TOC so you, you talk about the next three four months with Sasha Bailey Becky and Charlotte dominating uh, you mentioned Ronda Rousey there's no chance that I think she'll be back anytime soon at least by WrestleMania so I think or maybe even until Mania this might be the main storyline going into where you might have a possible four-way with all the four horsewomen. Um, I don't know how they would do it with defending what belt. I don't know, but I think, like you mentioned, anybody really else in those divisions that's, that's really going to match up to them. Ronda out. We don't know about uh, anybody else. So Sasha being healed is great. Bailey being healed is great. They can go at it for, for months. So I, I, I really think by the time you get to maybe the Rumble, even mania they can really stretch us out yeah i think they could too i think the best way to go and obviously anything can change between now and wrestlemania um i wouldn't be shocked but when it comes to like what other matches you could do um there really isn't any unless ronda comes back and they do becky and ronda again one-on-one this time though which would be cool but I don't think if Ron is trying to have a baby, that's I don't even think she's pregnant yet. As far as anyone knows, that's nine months out of the way right there. If she's not even pregnant yet. And it's September. She's not going to be back for a long time. I do yeah. think she will be back. I just don't think it'll be anytime soon. So that being said, I think building to a four horsewomen WrestleMania. Okay, maybe not main event. I think it would be a cool main event, but they might have a better match between now and then to headline the show. I think that'd be awesome. I think everyone's been waiting for a four horsewomen interaction on the main roster. I don't know if they've ever interacted all four of them together. I don't think we've ever seen that before, um, let alone a fatal four-way. They had one in NXT years ago, but to do it at WrestleMania, I think would be perfect. I think they can drag this out till Mania. They did Charlotte and Becky from SummerSlam, even past Mania. So I think if they could do it with those two, they could do it with all four of these women as well. Um, so yeah, we'll see, but I think a... WrestleMania match pitting all four women against each other, regardless of what championship it's for or for both belts, whatever, I think is the best bet just because um, it's the biggest, I think the biggest money match they have right now with the women on either brand. Graham, I'm going to put you in a hot seat right now. So you mentioned four horse women, Sasha, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte. In the event, they take this to WrestleMania. Could or is that the main event of WrestleMania. Honestly, I could see that main event in WrestleMania. I really could. I mean, people might say, oh, it's too much because you had the women main event last year. But like, dude, they've had the males main event WrestleMania for the last 34 years. So, I mean, it wouldn't kill people if they main event that again. If it's a big enough match, then it should main event. It doesn't matter if it's male, female, whatever. Um, I think it's a big match. And honestly, what other match can you do in Anyone can get hot between now and WrestleMania. What were the top title matches this year? Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. If you told me that a year ago, I would have called you crazy if that was a WWE title match for WrestleMania. So anything can happen between now and then. I'm sure they will probably go with another match. But the thing is, we're in an interesting spot right now where no match is being rumored a year in advance for the main event of WrestleMania. It feels like every year for the last maybe 10 years, we've known what the main event was going to be. Even dating back to WrestleMania 34, everyone was saying Ronda Rousey and Charlotte is the initial or the pencil in main event for WrestleMania 35. And we got Becky in there too, but they were right. Um, 34, we always knew the main event was going to be Brock and Roman. 33, we didn't know it was going to be Roman and Brock, but... 
we kind of figured it'd be something along those lines. So for the better right. part of the last 10 years, we've kind of known what the main event was going to be. And um, yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. But I think that does have the potential to, to be the main event of WrestleMania just because it could be incredibly great just based off the talent involved alone. I find it really amazing how like the fans are quick to turn on on their favorites. So, you know, when ba- uh, Bailey's attacking Becky, they they you know they're 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 cheering for it and you know Becky's the you know the face and you know all this other stuff and the fans wanted her to be Ronda at WrestleMania and all this the man stuff and Bailey attacks her and they're saying yeah one more time yes 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 and it's just kind of <laughs> crazy how the fans can just like you or love you at one point but like when something new comes up they they tag along and they just forget like hey yeah I I like Becky but I like what's going on right here. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, I, I think it says more about Bailey's stagnant character mm-hmm. that they were cheering for her attacking Becky. Then it means like, oh, Becky's not over anymore. People have turned on her. I don't think that's the case at all. Not to say that Becky's as hot as she was six months ago. I think she has cooled off considerably. But it's not at the point where like people are like, oh, boo, like you're the next Roman or Charlotte, whatever. Like I don't think that's the case whatsoever. I think it has a lot more to do with Bailey turning heel. And um, yeah, so I guess we'll see where it goes. But I'm, I'm very excited to see what this means for Bailey at long last because she's been really on thin ice character wise for at least maybe two years now. Yeah. Um, I, hey, listen, man. People thought that they wouldn't turn Bailey heel. I think John Cena is the only person who, who, who's never been heel. <laughs> I think everybody's been heel at one point except John Cena. Yeah, honestly, I feel like, well, Bailey was never even heel in NXT, so yeah, yeah, for this to finally happen was a big deal, but um, yeah, I mean, even Roman was a heel for a time in the Shield, so yeah, everyone's been healed except John Cena. I mean, John Cena was a heel too, but not on top, I know what you're saying. Um, if Sasha wins, how long do you think she'll have the belt for? I, I think if she wins, she's not dropping it the month after or whatever. I think she, she's she got to hold the belt until Mania. I, I know Rumble, but at least to Mania. If you make Becky the one chasing Sasha, I think that'll make for a good storyline. In the event, Ronda Rousey is nowhere near the WrestleMania plans. But I think Sasha winning uh, a clash and then having the belt until Mania would, would, would be... Uh, a good plan B if plan A of Ronda and Becky is not coming to fruition, you know? Yeah, no, I think obviously they'll continue this feud for a while. I think Sasha and Becky will be the new Becky and Charlotte where they drag this on for a while. But honestly, the Becky and Charlotte thing, I didn't really mind just because the matches were always great. So it didn't really matter. And they kind of progressed the feud in a logical fashion over the course of like nine months. And it was a great feud. One of my favorite women's feuds of the last like 10 years, I would say, if not of all time in the company. Um, But going forward, what do you do with Sasha and how long she holds the championship? I would put the belt on Sasha. Um, I don't know who else you really have her feud with Mm. if it's not Becky. That's the only issue. I mean, the same thing can be said for Becky, though. I mean, if they get... Some women hop between now and the end of the year. I mean, they could always do her and, I mean, if Ronda comes back as a face, but I don't think she's coming back anytime soon. Uh, honestly, I really don't know. I mean, they have Lacey Evans, but she's a heel. They already have Natalia, but Sasha beat Natalia like a week ago on Raw, so that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, they don't really have many other women on the Raw roster that would, like, at least believable baby faces to carry that division. Um, they got to break away Asuka and Kairi Sane from the tag team division, give them a shot at the title. I think that'd be great. They need more women uh, than what they have right now. They have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, but they're doing the tag team thing. Honestly, I was just thinking about this while you were talking, Randy, but what if you did mm. a two-woman power trip with Sasha and Bailey, where Sasha becomes the Raw Women's Champion, Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's title, and they win the tag titles from Alexa Bliss and... Um, Nikki Cross because they never I don't think they were pin- I mean I think they were pinned for the titles of Wrestlemania but they never got a rematch which they don't really do now anyway but you know they that was kind of left a, left on an open ended note and the titles don't really mean much anyway so why the hell not it's not like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are lighting the world on fire with those titles mm-hmm. and maybe that would make them more relevant and I know they called them worthless like a month ago but I think that would make it even better like why are you holding these championships that you don't even really highly regard so um, I, that, that's just one idea but I think that would make things really interesting going into the beginning months of 2020 and honestly what do you do after clash of champions um you could do Becky 
Becky and Sasha in a Hell in a Cell match at the pay-per-view, I feel like it's too soon. But what it wouldn't be too soon for, I think this would be a good idea. What if you did and spent the next month building this up, the alliance between Becky and Charlotte, do Becky and Charlotte versus Bailey and Sasha in a tag team match inside Hell in the Cell? I think that would be awesome to combine two feuds in one, um, get all the four horsewomen in there. You know, no championships on the line, whatever. And uh, I think that'd be an attraction. So that that's really how I would book it in the months to come. But th- that's just really, uh, you know, fantasy booking, just kind of throwing ideas out there. Yeah. Um, because when you mentioned the tag team match in the, hell in, the, in, the, in the Hell in the Cell, that would kind of negate, if we're fantasy booking this, that'll kind of, that would kind of negate all four of them being in the same ring at WrestleMania. If it, it was just a every every person for themselves kind of match. And um, I think if they were going to have all four in the ring at the same time for the first time, it'll be at Mania. Okay. I think, yeah. yeah it's, so it's like Hell in a Cell could be a Sasha, Becky. Like the Sasha, Becky match as a clash may not have a finish. You know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 Sasha won't get pinned or submit or, or neither Becky it'll just be a, a, a whatever kind of finish and then now you say you know what since that match did not finish the way you know it should have been we're gonna go hell in a cell nobody get in you know no way out whatever so you might have Becky uh, um, Becky you might have Bailey interfere in that match you might have I'm sorry yeah you might have Bailey and maybe Charlotte get involved in that match um, to kind of make it seem like nobody won the match and then, then you get then you get Sasha and Becky at Hell in a Cell to kind of cap off you know that so I mean there's so many ways that they can go at this I think that's the beauty of it it just it'll just be such a, a, a bad idea if um, Becky was to get pin clean or Sasha get pin clean or submit that'll be terrible um, so <laughs> I think somehow some way Going to Hell in a Cell, I, I, I do see Sasha and Becky going at it one more time. I don't think Bailey and Charlotte need that. Um, so, again, man, so many ways they can do it. I think they got a lot of fans intrigued. Even the idea you mentioned, I've seen it before on Twitter where they did the, the two women power trip, you know, mimicking Stone Cold and Hunter from, uh, I guess, damn, almost 20 years ago where they had every single title. That'll 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 be cool. It just you know how do you make it happen? How do you do it? But it, it's got to start a clash with Sasha. Bailey keeps it, and then they get Alexa and, and, and Nikki Cross at some some at some point, and it just it's easier said than done to put the belts on them. It's like all right, now what do you do? You know. Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, there's a lot to, you know, hash out here. And WrestleMania is not exactly right around the corner. We have six, seven months to go. So that's some, like, long-term booking there. And, you know, they like to, you know, hotshot some stuff sometimes. And, and, and it's tough because who's to say that one of them won't get hurt between now and WrestleMania? What, what Who's to say that one of them won't leave again like Sasha did? I don't know. It's hard to say. So I could see them wanting to do it sooner. But um, if all goes well and they can kind of – um, you know, hold off on doing that match until WrestleMania. I think that would be their best bet because I think the story they're telling right now with all four women has the potential to be really, really, really exciting. So far, I'm looking forward to where it goes. Mm. Hopefully, it doesn't fall. <clears throat> it doesn't fall off in the next couple months. I mean, it's so, you know, typical. Um, this happens a lot where we get this big angle to close the summer um, in WWE. Mm like when Randy Orton turned heel and won the WWE title a couple years ago and the authority was the thing. Yeah. And it was very exciting that closed out the summer on a great note and then the, the fall sucked. Like, nothing really happened. It was boring. <laughs> or like when Kevin Owens won the Universal Championship and it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. He aligned with Triple H. What a moment. This is crazy. Rollins is a baby face and didn't really go anywhere and the fall was fine but it wasn't as exciting as it could have been. So, that's what I worry about with a feud like this, with this story. <clears throat> Hopefully, doesn't that doesn't happen to this story. Um, they, can, they can kind of keep it relevant between now and WrestleMania. And for anyone arguing that, oh, you know, we need fresher faces in the title picture, they need to stop relying on the four horsewomen. Or, you know, because they have the video game coming out, I think that's a big part of the video game is the whole four horsewomen feud or mm-hmm. or not feud, but like it's a storyline in the video game or something, some some game mode. And that might be part of it, but at the same time, like, what else do you do, though? Like, to those people, I, I, I play devil's advocate and I ask the question, what else do you do? Because no one else is really relevant right now. Ember Moon is very good, but 
no one really cares to see her in the title picture because that SummerSlam match was boring and that wasn't her fault. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, still, they really have not done a great job of building up, you know, credible competition for either one of these champions outside of the four horsewomen. There really isn't anyone that's relevant. And they have a lot of women, but a lot of them just lack credibility. It's the same thing with the tag teams where we have one or two, or maybe three or four really good tag teams, but the rest of the division is nothing. Like you'll have the revival and the Usos and the New Day and maybe heavy machinery, but then everyone else is a loser. So, you know, it's hard to say um, in terms of like, oh, you know, they have all this great talent, but they're not really doing anything anything with that town. So while they're doing these, you know, these, these feuds with the four horsewomen, I also hope simultaneously they can continue or rather begin to build up, um, other credible competition. Maybe not like a Dana Brooke who really isn't that good anyway, but, um, <laughs> I mean, Nia Jax is out right now. I really, I, I would have to look at the rosters, but like Oscar, Kyrie scene, get them out of the tag team title picture, start doing something with them. Um, Mandy Rose, I think, is really good. Sonya Deville is also coming along really nicely. They're in the tag team title picture, too, but they're also very good. Um, honestly, again, I really don't know who else they have. Lacey Evans needs some work. Natalia's, uh, you know, Natalia. So they have options. They just got to start building people mm. up and not giving them hot shot pushes where they give them a title match for a month and then they fall off the face of the earth. But um, or when Ruby Riot comes back, hopefully she'll be forced to be reckoned with. Maybe they they start building up Liv Morgan or Sarah Logan. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes, though. Hey, man, I think I think we're going to have to add Dana Brooke to your shit list because every time you mention her, it's always a jab. Her, her gender is Dolph. <laughs> you got to add Dana Brooke now. I guess so. Dolph, Dana, <laughs> and uh, Jinder Mahal, I guess, is the oh, new man. list. Yeah. One more. One more. Then you have a, a fucking Mount Rushmore. Exactly. I might have to come up with one more. If I really think about it, I probably could. Um, real quick before we get off the Bailey stuff, uh, you know, when it comes to a heel turn, it becomes extra special when like the commentary is on points. And I, I mean, you maybe you can remind me, but how was the commentary when Bailey Bailey was attacking Becky? Uh, you know, you know, I'm always gonna go to Jr. and Jerry King where they just made everything seem so. A hundred times better than what it was. Now, when that was happening, do you recall they were really into it, or they just kind of like, oh, Bailey's attacking Becky, and just kind of like nonchalant, half-assed it. I honestly don't remember because I was so shocked at what was going on. I wasn't really listening to the commentary, so <clears throat> I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and watch it. I don't remember it being bad or like you know overbearing, and they were like, oh, they were taking away from the moment. I don't, I don't think so. I'd have to go back and watch it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rare. We have a moment nowadays where the commentary is like matches the excitement of the moment. It happens sometimes, but like with a heel turn, like I always think of Stone Cold turning heel at WrestleMania 17, you know, good call or bad call, regardless of what you think about it. JR's call of it was awesome. Like, why are you doing this? Making a deal with the devil, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was amazing. Like something you'll never forget. Um, and this could have been one of those moments, but again, that we were so far removed from that. I'm not disappointed or surprised or whatever. It was just a different time, um, where they had more freedom to say and do what they wanted on commentary. But, uh, no, I don't really remember. I'd have to go back and watch it. I don't remember it being like, oh, I can't believe he said that. Or like he said, oh, it's boss time. Like, I don't think Michael Cole said anything along those lines. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to try to find it. Steel chair in hand. Sasha not going to wait for Tasha Chair. friends, but enough. Said She took too long to look at the chair and look at Sasha. Hey, at least they're letting it sink in, though. They're not saying the names. That's good. Bailey! Bailey's unloading on Becky! Bailey unloading on Lynch! What the hell is happening? Bailey said she wouldn't be overshadowed! Look at the crowd, Graham. Hear the crowd? <laughs> I know. I hear that. Um... Okay, so I think Michael Cole did a good a good job with you know making it seem bigger than what it is. The crowd was into it, and I like how they just kind of went off the air right right after that. Like while she was still in the ring hitting her, they just, they kind of went off. So again, that that cliffhanger that makes the fans be like, oh shit, I gotta watch tomorrow or I gotta watch next Monday. So I think they did a pretty good job with that. Um, what else happened on Raw? Okay, so we, we have the uh, the King of the Rings still going on. We're going to get into the final five. 
on Monday at the Garden. Um, I say five because one match will be a triple threat match between Ricochet, Baron Corbin, and Samoa Joe. The winner will go to the finals. And on the other side, we have Elias and Chad Gable. And the winner of that will go to the finals. And the finals will be at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. So, um... Are you happy about being uh, one match being a, a, a triple threat? I think the first ever triple threat match in King of the Ring history uh, with those three guys. And are you kind of shocked at the SmackDown side getting Chad Gable and Elias being the final two? Yeah, I'm surprised that both um, the triple threat, I not only the first time in King of the Ring history, probably the first time in any wrestling tournament history has it become a triple threat. I've never seen that before just because it doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, usually it's, a, oh, it's a draw or it's a double count out. The other person just gets a buy. That's what it is. That's what it's always. Yeah, that's what it always has been. That's what it should be. I mean, part of me is happy Corbin isn't moving on to the finals without having to face anyone in the semifinals. I'm glad that's not happening, but then just book Rick. I don't know. What, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I feel like they did that because they want to have Baron Corbin win, but yeah. they don't want to have Ricochet get pinned. So that's what I honestly think there's a very good chance. Honestly, this is my new pick. And this is what some people, very few people were saying before, uh -oh. um, but it was always out there that this might come down to Baron Corbin and, and Chad Gable in the finals. And honestly, I think that could be a fire finals match if they're given enough time. Chad Gable is really good. And Baron Corbin, I've been a fan of his. I wasn't a fan of the matches with Seth. I don't really think he belongs in the main event picture right now. Um, but I think at this level, he's perfect. I don't want to see him as king of the ring. But I think when he works with smaller guys, the Miz match was really good. The Cedric Alexander match was also really, really good. They had a great match on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, I think him and Chad Gable could go in there and kill it. I think they could friggin' kill it out there at Clash of Champions. So I think Chad Gable's obviously advancing to the finals. I don't think Elias, I think it would just be ridiculous to have Elias go all the way. Um, again, even if it was Ricochet, like who cares? Chad Gable, it's like they have a great story going right now with him as the underdog. And that match with Andrade was awesome. That crowd went yeah. nuts for Chad Gable winning. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a great match. I'm glad he's ending up in the finals. Likely. I always thought it would be Andrade and like Cedric or something, but this is even better. Honestly, I think Chad Gable getting a shot at superstardom is really cool. So, um, on the raw side, the triple threat, it makes no sense. It should be a good match. They want—they really just wanted a big match for the MSG show with star power in it to advertise a week out because they could have done Ricochet and Corbin, but I think having Joe in there kind of makes it a bigger match, and having Ricochet in there makes it bigger than just Joe and Corbin. So uh, I, I don't mind it really that much. It should be a really good match. I'm looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, I thought uh, the King of the Ring so far has been awesome. It's been a great tournament, lots of great matches. Cedric has gotten over. Chad Gable's gotten over. Buddy Murphy, even the match that he had with Ali was really good. He's gotten over to an extent. This has been one of the best things to happen to Raw and SmackDown in a long, long time. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the finals will shape up to look like come Clash of Champions next weekend. That's right. King Corbin is upon us. You know that, right? Oh goodness! Yeah. Don't don't uh, curse us, Randy. Why? why? I, I, I mean, okay. All jokes aside, why why fans really ticked off that the possibility of having King Corbin is like a a, a, a bad thing? Like why? I feel like we've already been down this path with him before, though. I feel like you put the briefcase on him. You could brag about that. You had him beat Kurt Angle. You had him brag about that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like. Whatever this crown, whoever wins this crown, it should elevate them. Baron Corbin was already in the main event for, what, three months? And he lost every time, and it wasn't very good. So he should stay right where he's at. I don't need to see him go any higher on the card where he, than where he's at right now. I don't want to see Corbin and Rollins again, who's still in possession of the um, Universal Championship. So Chad Gable could really become a star out of this. Elias... The guy's a Joe character, so I hope he doesn't win. Ricochet would be kind of cool um, if they elevated him out of this. Joe would be cool. They got to elevate him, I think. Corbin, been there, done that. So we've seen him get the ball before with the angle retirement match and the money in the bank. Mm -hmm. Gable's never gotten an opportunity. Um, so I think he would be the better choice. Ricochet, I mean, he's United States champion for about a month, but he hasn't really gotten much of an opportunity either. So, um... Yeah, I think it should be Chad Gable over Baron Corbin. I like, honestly do like Corbin. I think he's a great heel. He's had some great matches in King of the Ring. Some of the best matches of his I've seen in a long time. Um, but I just don't think 
having the crown is a great fit for him because then that would mean having him back in the main event scene and it's way too soon for that but the crown on chad gable like what is that really again i i know you're trying to elevate him and yeah he'll win it but I, you know, like I told you before, I always felt the King of the Ring was meant for a heel character. Now, Chad Gable could win it, then eventually start that little turn, like he's being arrogant and sarcastic, and he feels like he's 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 the best in the world, King of the Ring. You might start seeing that, uh, but not right away. So, um, if you do have Corbin and Chad in the finals, I, I'm still rolling with Corbin. But if they put it on Gable. I think an eventual slow burn kind of heel, arrogant kind of turn could be coming after that. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. The King of the Ring thing, yeah, it's always been a heel gimmick, and it's you know, it's intended for a heel, obviously. Right. But they've had so many heels win it. I honestly think it'd be refreshing if they had the right babyface win it. And I think either Ricochet or especially Chad Gable could be that guy. Um, they had Edge win it when he was a face back in 2001. Now, granted, that was done for the feud of the Christian at that time, but I, I and it elevated him as a single star. That's kind of how he and Christian went their separate ways. Um, I don't know, because we've had heels win it in the last 10 years. I mean, even further back than that, but... You know, Booker was really the only one that benefited. Regal, I thought, benefited too, but he got suspended. So that went nowhere. Mm. Sheamus, it was a heel gimmick, and it sucked. It was terrible. I don't need to see him with the king and the crown and the cape. And I don't know. I feel like if it's with a baby face and the king of the ring is a baby face, they won't give them the crown. They won't give them the cape. They won't give them the scepter. They won't do the whole nine yards with it. They'll just be the king of the ring, um, which I think is even cooler because mm. um, we've seen the whole king and the, the whole king shtick for so long now with Wade Barrett, and that fell off a fucking cliff. I mean, it was, it, was, it just really wasn't any good. Um, I think Chad Gable winning it as a baby face would be honestly refreshing. Now, where do you go with him after that? Right. Maybe you have him feed with Nakamura, have him knock him off for the intercontinental championship you could have him feud with another heel in the smackdown roster they have nakamura they have i mean the, the wild card rule doesn't really matter who's on what brand but no. you know randy orton if he's done with um kofi kingston i mean that's an idea uh there, there's a few different people elias maybe I mean, even though he'll, he'll probably beat him next week daniel bryan i think gable and bryan would be fucking awesome but um yeah so i, I i'm sticking with gable i think gable winning this whole thing would be an, an amazing moment and if that reaction he got on tuesday was any indication i think people would go nuts if he ended up winning this whole thing I'm trying to find oh you say okay clashes in charlotte uh, okay I'm trying to see Okay, yeah. I think, yeah, Corbin and Gable could be the finals. You're rolling with Chad and rolling with Corbin. We'll see what happens. Um, They were, you know, extending the Seth and uh, Braun storyline contract signing, which, you know, I'm not a fan of. That got that went into haywire. AJ interrupted. And now we're going to get Stone Cold being the moderator at the Garden for the second contract signing. We'll see how that goes. Also, Bray, um, The Fiend, who, you know, whatever, challenge the winner of Seth and Braun at Hell in a Cell with the, with the new Firefly Funhouse uh, promo. I know I know we spoke about it last week. So I, I guess now it's, it's official, official that Bray is going to be the next one in line for Seth or, or Braun, right? I guess so. I mean, they never really had him challenge either one of them. They just kind of acknowledged the rumors coming off of last week uh, when the uh, the arena hosting Hell in a Cell announced that Bray Wyatt would be going for the Universal Championship against either Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman. Um, I, it's not official, but it certainly looks like they're going in that direction because otherwise, why would they have him say that, you know, if he wasn't going for the championship and get people's hopes up for no reason? So, uh, yeah, it looks like we are getting Wyatt versus either Rollins or Strowman at the show, and I could not be happier. I think that's the right route to go in. I think that's the right route to go in. Mm. What did you make of the Firefly Funhouse promo on monday i loved it honestly i thought it was a great episode the, the firefly funhouse in general is just a great idea and it's a great avenue for wyatt to be on the show without actually being on the show you know mm-hmm. um you know you have him show up some weeks he attacks people that would get old real quickly if he did it every week though so instead of having him on the show they had him cut a promo in the firefly funhouse i love that dynamic so and they kind of made reference to the rumors and they had vince in there i i loved that i thought it was a great episode oh I'm trying to see what else okay what else happened on raw smackdown that we're overlooking 
Um, the Roman Bryan stuff. Rowan has officially. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Time out, time yeah. out, time out, time out. He severed ties with Daniel Bryan on Tuesday. I don't know. I, I still think Bryan's behind it, and it's all a ruse. But yeah, uh, that that took an interesting twist on Tuesday. Yeah, because yeah, that storyline. I I tell you one thing. Just to kind of backtrack. Was it me or the SmackDown feel? kind of better than Raw. Like, it, 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 I guess they're weaving a lot of storylines with the Roman stuff, with the Kofi, Randy Orton, now with the Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte, um, the King of the Ring stuff. They, they were really... They were really doing a great job yesterday on that show. I, it could have been me, but I'm like, all right, this is I'm also raw too. Like the the last couple of days, they've been really trying to weave out their stories from the beginning to the end. Am I bugging? No, I think raw. I don't know if I've said this here on the show before, but I think raw and SmackDown have been significantly and noticeably better in the last, I would say, month or two. Not like, oh my god, I need to see every episode, but like. It was it was pretty abysmal for a, a little while there, mm. not even a little while, close to a year, honestly. Um, but I think ever since maybe a right around Extreme Rules, and now I don't know if this has to do with Heyman and Bischoff being in charge. I have no idea. It honestly, I don't really care as long as the shows are better. That's all I really care about. And the shows have been better. They have more things to look forward to. I'm looking forward to the Bailey stuff. The Sasha stuff so far has been really good. Um, the King of the Ring has been great. The Kingston and Orton feuds going well. I don't really care too much for Rollins and Strowman, but you can't love everything. So I think overall they've been doing a great job of making the shows noticeably better now for the last, I would say, month or two, which is a good sign going into the fall season, which historically is not their greatest time of the year because of football coming back and everything else. Mm -hmm. They kind of roll over and die, and they're like, oh, we're not going to win in the ratings anyway, so why bother putting forth any effort? That, that That's kind of the feeling I get every fall, but I haven't gotten that so far. I know it's only September 4th as we talk, and maybe that'll change within a month, mm -hmm. but uh, so far so good, I would say. What about fire and desire? They've been calling themselves <laughs> that for so long now that it's yeah, nothing the first new. Time I heard it. That's the first time I heard it on Tuesday. Well, they've called them that. They've called themselves that before. Um, not officially though. They're, they're officially now going by the team name of Fire and Desire. It's okay. it's corny, but <laughs> it's it's a team name if nothing else. I'm not a big fan of the Kabuki Warriors name, but it's it, I guess it's a team name, so whatever. I mean, would you rather have Fire and Desire or the Viking Experience? Fire and Desire, to be honest with you. The Viking <laughs> Experience, that's that's a career killer right there. <laughs> um, damn, I forgot my thought. Um, I also, we're going to have, well, speaking of Fire and Desire, they beat Alexa and Nikki. Are they, they're going to be the new uh, number one contenders for the women's tag titles. I think that'll, that'll happen at Clash of Champions. So, um what else on Raw? Oh yeah, so back to to, to Roman. Uh, that storyline. If if the if the if the fallout was gonna be, or the payoff was Eric Eric Roman this whole time. Um, that's not what I, I guess we were all expecting. I think we all were expecting Daniel Bryan to be the culprit. But if I don't get why Rowan is is in this picture right now, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler or whatever. I'm just saying for this kind of storyline with Roman and uh, the car stuff and the murder mystery, then it's like, oh, it's Eric Rowan. Uh, again, like you said, this could be part one to something else where Daniel Bryan was, was really behind everything. We just don't know yet, but right now, and then they they, they get a match at Clash of Champions. It's like, uh, okay, like that wasn't that wasn't a good payoff, you know? Yeah, no, I wasn't a fan of the payoff. Um, I still think Bryan's behind it, but it's going to be hard to get to that with him attacking Daniel Bryan on Tuesday. So yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, it was a bit underwhelming because it's Rowan and he's a sidekick. And it's not like, you know, if it was, for example, Bobby Roode revealing that he, you know, wasn't in cahoots with Dolph Ziggler and he turned on Dolph, that would be intriguing because I know Roode could stand on his own as a heel. Rowan cannot stand on his own. They started playing like his music, I guess, at the end of that segment on Tuesday. They started playing some weird music. Yeah. And I'm like, is that his music? I've never heard that before because the guy never wrestles on his own. And if he does, it's usually Daniel Bryan's music or the Bludgeon Brothers music. But I don't think it was either one. So I don't. I thought that was weird. But um, 
yeah, uh, I'm not really sure where they're going with this. I do know we're getting Roman and Rowan at Clash of Champions, and I, I really don't know what else to say. I don't really think that's – got to get Rowan on the card, I guess, but if every championship is going to be defended and you're having the finals of the King of the Ring, that's like 12 matches right there, right? They have so many titles. I don't know. Unless they combine some championships, I don't know what they're going to do. But I, that's a lot of matches right there. Unless one of these goes to a no contest or Roman beats him in two minutes. I don't know. They're clearly stretching this out so they can get to Brian and Rowan, or rather Brian and Roman Reigns at some point. And that's fine, but Rowan and Rowan, Rowan and Roman, that's a tongue twister, uh, at the pay-per-view isn't really a pay-per-view match. So I thought it, it was interesting. At least they did. They gave us something because for weeks now it's been like, oh, is he involved? Is he not involved? And it's like, okay, just cut to the chase already because I lost interest weeks ago. Um, but it, it was something. It just wasn't the something I was expecting. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I guess we'll see in due time. Um, I'm looking on Twitter right now. And as of 15 minutes ago, do you see the title belt has been found? Yeah, Tallahassee PD. Yeah, great job. Great job. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. So I'm not behind uh, it. It was not me. Yeah, they can celebrate with a little bit of bubbly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I saw that was a meme coming out of the pay-per-view, which is cool. Um, I like, I like, going back to Sasha real quick. I like, I like her Twitter game recently. I know, if, I'm not sure if you follow her. Uh, if not, you should. Um I think with the last tweet, she was like, and I think it's real sassy with it too. Like, I pop out when I feel like it and kill it every time. See, I'm doing fine and you chicks should get in line. I'm the one they really watching. You bitches is out of time. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Hill, Damn. Yeah, listen, man, Hill Sasha should have happened a long time ago. I think it was a year uh, overdue, maybe a year and a half. Year and uh, a half? I'd say it was three years overdue. They really? should have turned her heel years ago. No, well, well hold on. So she was a face for how long, though, on the main roster? Because she was heel when she got there. So she was a heel when she debuted. With, right. But the, the thing is, though, she was a heel for like four or five months. But it was during that team bad phase when she was with Naomi and Tamina. Uh -huh. So she really wasn't the heel Sasha that we knew and loved from NXT. She was with the group. And then she was gone for a little while. She came back as a face in time for WrestleMania 32, which worked because people wanted to cheer her anyway. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the year when she feuded with Charlotte and after that, she was booked to look like a complete loser on that feud. And yeah, she won the wow. belt two or three times, but she could never retain the thing. She always dropped it on pay-per-view. She could never win when it mattered most. Mm -hmm. And I said then, I'm like, they got to turn her heel. She's way better as a heel. Turn yeah. her heel. And they yeah. never did. That was in 2016. It's 2019 right now. So this is wow. three years too late. Better late than never. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out. No, I, I think when we got to a point where it was like, oh, uh, okay, maybe it's time. I think because she was still feuding with Charlotte. I do recall that. So you but talk about 17. That's the thing. She never did anything after that, though. That's why I feel like if she went heel yeah. after the feud ended, it would have made more sense because mm. she was frustrated, whatever. Because 2017, she did nothing. She won the belt for maybe a week, um, eight days. She beat Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam, and then she lost it immediately on Raw. Mm. And then that was it. You know, She did nothing for the better part of 2018. Her and Bailey had their little feud or whatever you want to call it, which went nowhere. Right. Um, they won the tag titles, which I guess is really what the culmination of the story was but again the, the titles don't mean anything so even that was short-lived so again um she really i know she's popular and she sells a lot of merch or she did i don't know if that's still the case but that's probably why they didn't turn her because she was really popular and she sold a lot of merch but she, just long term, she's way better as a heel. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I'm glad they I'm glad they pulled the trigger on that because as a baby face, she was unbearable for a long time, like dating back at least two or three years, I'd say. Well, Graham, just just don't forget, you bitches is out of time. Oh, I know that's a fire <laughs> line right there. Um, okay, so AEW title got got found. Well, okay, I might as well go to AEW real quick. Uh, so we had all out. Um, 10 matches on the card. I, I saw just about everything. I did not see the pre-stuff, and I did not see two matches. I think it was the, the women's match and the tag match with the Dark Order because, you know, I don't know who they are. But um, I'm not going to go through every match. I'll just give you the results. So SoCal defeated 
uh, Jurassic Express. Pac defeated Kenny Omega. Jimmy Havoc defeated Darby Allin and Joey Janela. The Dark Order defeated Best Friends. Riho defeated he- Shida. Hikaru Shida. I probably fucked that up. Uh, Cody defeated Sean Spears. The Lucha Bros defeated the Young Bucks. And Chris Jericho defeated Hangman Page to become the first ever AEW World Champion. So, what was your overall? Also, we had NXT UK earlier that day, so I did not see that. But what would you take first off on All Out? I thought it was a good show. Um, I really enjoyed the show. I didn't think it was as strong as Double or Nothing, but I mean, I don't want to sit here and compare it to other events or other companies. It doesn't really matter. I thought as a show, I thought it was really good. Uh, The main event was good. It wasn't great. Honestly, I thought it was one of the more underwhelming matches of the night. Um, The ladder match was insane. I thought the ladder match was unbelievably insane. I thought it was a great match. Um, Omega and Pac was great, too. Not as blow-away as I thought it would be, but it was still awesome. Um, Cody and Sean Spears had a great match, I thought, too. The undercard was good. It was solid. A lot of good matches. Um, new AEW World Champion crown and Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. LAX, the former LAX from Impact, debuted after the ladder match. They're really good. If no one knows who they are, they're awesome. Um, their tag team division is unbelievably stacked. Like It's almost crazy to think how stacked their tag team division is, which is cool to say. Um but yeah, I thought it was a really good show. UK Takeover, I thought was an even better show. Uh, they were both great shows. If you said, "Oh, this one's better than the other one," I wouldn't argue with you because they were both excellent. Um, but the UK Takeover show, Walter and Tyler Bate had an amazing main event. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a good last man standing match, a decent women's match, um, a really good tag team title match, good opener. Um, Cesaro was on the show. He had a great match too. So overall, and the crowd was amazing as they were all out. So uh, yeah, just a great day for wrestling. A lot of great wrestling back in August 31st. I did not see NXT UK. I saw All Out majority, and I, I again, I don't watch the YouTube shows that they put on that can kind of you know get you up to date and up to speed with the stories. But you know me watching Cold. Um, on Saturday or Sunday, you know, uh, to me, I just felt a lot of matches relied on the high spots. And you mentioned the ladder match with, uh, I think it was uh, this guy, Matt, almost broke his fucking neck on that table. Oh, Matt Jackson? Yeah. Uh, on, 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 that, on that table spot. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of spots yeah, in that match where I thought they were dead. Crazy. Um, so, I, you know, to me, I think a lot of matches relied on the high spots, uh, high spots, the ladders, the chairs, the tables, the, the cracker barrel stuff with thumbtacks and stuff like that. And um, I know a few had storylines. I know Cody and Sean had, had the storyline going on. Jericho and Paige, obviously, with the world title being up for grabs, Lucha Bros and, and Young Bucks. Um, Kenny Omega and John Moxley would have been the match, and the the story was there, but Moxley was hurt, so Pac got in there. Are you surprised Pac got the win? Oh yeah, absolutely. I really thought Kenny Omega would win, especially since as of a week ago, anyway. I don't think Pac was officially signed, but he must be if he's beating Kenny Omega. And I said before too, I said last week that Omega needs big victories because yeah, he beat Shima or whatever his name was, Shima uh, mm. Shima, on uh, one of their shows a couple months ago. Okay, and he won like a six-man tag team match, but he lost to Chris Jericho double or nothing, which was a big loss. He needed a big win, and he lost again. So I guess they're doing some redemption story with him, uh, which is fine, I guess. Um, I, I don't want to see him come back and beat John Moxley. I feel like John Moxley has to beat him. So I don't know. It, it's a little weird what they're doing with him, but we'll see where it goes. I trust their their judgment. But um, it was a great match, and yeah, I was definitely surprised by the outcome. Hmm. And I think I think Jericho was the right choice. I know some fans on Twitter were saying, you know, how can a 48, 49-year-old man, you know, if you're trying to bring out something brand new, be the first world champion? And I think mm-hmm. we both agree that the fact that you need a big-name star, a big-name talent, um, somebody that, that people who don't watch wrestling no more can recognize Chris Jericho. Be like, oh, shit, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and watch that. I, I don't think he'll be champ for a whole year, maybe six months the most, could be less, but I think you needed a, a viable name to be the, the, the first world champion besides him losing the belt. Um, but I think Paige will get his, uh, his chance at some point. Now, who becomes the first contender? 
I guess we'll wait and see until they get on TNT. I think it was overall a, a pretty pretty good uh, show. Now, you know, my guy Mark would think that I'm biased to WWE, but um, I'm really trying to watch everything that AEW does that they put out. And I think once they go on weekly television to see how they progress with the talent, with the storylines and everything, because anybody can do a show, you know, September, then December, then, then whatever, that's that's pretty much easy when you got to do that every single week and keep the fans involved and engaged until your next show which is not even until no november right yeah november early november i think I, it's called full gear oh, it's, it's a terrible show name but yeah it's, i think it's in november listen man we, we got to do something to these these show names that they're going with is not really up to par <laughs> i mean we, we got full gear I like Double or Nothing. That's pretty cool. You got All In, All Out. Yeah, you those have. are fine. I mean, the other ones, Fighter Fest, I think, was a gaming thing. I thought that was dumb, but it was a gaming thing, so I don't even really think it was their name. It was like a gaming convention. Whatever. Fight for the Fallen makes sense because it was supposed to be like a gun charity show. I get it, but this is where I draw the line. It's a dumb name, dude. There's no debating it. It's a dumb name, and you know for a fact that if WWE did it, there would oh, be yeah. far more criticism. People would be like, oh, why is this name so shit? Or, you know, they have terrible pay-per-view names. First of all, the pay-per-view names really don't have much of a, you know, bearing on the show themselves. Who cares? I mean, it's just a fucking name. But still, though, my point is, if people are going to complain about the WWE names, because Stomping Grounds wasn't a great name either, it ended up being a great show. I'm not saying Full Gear will be a bad show. Um, It'll probably be a great show. But in terms of the name, you can't give WWE shit and not poop on AEW for the exact same thing. Because Full Gear is, what the hell even is that? What does that even mean? (laughs) Uh, It makes no sense. So people need to, uh, I don't know, figure out their shit here. And I don't know, they, they it's not a good name. I don't want them to go back to the WCW pay-per-view names, but they got to come out with more innovative shit than this. I thought all in, all out, double or nothing, all great names. This is where I draw the line, though. I mean, obviously, well, they can't go there because they don't own the rights. Yeah, I know, but I think there was a... We, we talked about it here on the show a while ago where I think Cody was trying to buy the rights from them for the WCW names because mm. he was going to argue that it was his dad's. I don't know, right. but I don't even really want to see him buy the rights to it because I don't want to see Starkid. I think that's a... I, I mean, I know they bring it back as the house show thing in WWE, mm-hmm. whatever. I think just keep that in the past and don't remind people of WCW. This is AEW, but come up with better show names than this shit. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine you being home watching TNT and be like, oh, live this Sunday, full gear. Dumb. Like, what the fuck is that? Exactly. <laughs> Stupid. What the fuck is full? What does that even mean? I mean, listen, I know we, we've had Great Balls of Fire, which was trash. Um, some other, this uh, Stomping Grounds was, uh, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be biased, but listen, man, Stomping Grounds, does sound better than full gear uh bragging rights sounds better than full gear like full like full gear what like you said what what is that what the fuck is that mm-hmm. it, it, it's dumb i know they were doing the whole full gear challenge a couple months ago with with um pack and uh adam page so maybe they're that's why they're calling it that because they're probably going to be doing pack and and uh and page at the next pay-per-view okay but Still, though, I mean, I still think it's a dumb name regardless. Um, yeah, you know what? That's the third name with the letter F. There's some, some, some's going on over there. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of Fs, a lot of Fs yeah. for, um, for, for AEW. Very strange. What did you make of Adam Page calling his horse Hunter Horse Helmsley? You know, honestly, it's dumb. I don't really see it as a shot, though. They've been they've been doing this shit for a long time now, where they take like subtle shots at WWE. I don't really. So here's what I don't. Okay, so it goes both ways. I thought this was harmless. Who cares? It's not like Triple H gets compared to a horse. Like who gives a shit? It's funny. I thought it was a funny little joke. It's not they're taking a shot at Triple H. It's a fucking horse. Who cares? The throne thing I thought was incredibly stupid, and people will. You know, shit on me all day for that. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. It was fun. It was not funny. It was unnecessarily stupid. Keep WWE out of your mouths. Like, if you really want to compete with them, stop bringing them up every 10 seconds here. Start to act like TNA from 10 years ago. Like, it's ridiculous. I thought the throne thing was dumb. This was whatever. It was on being the elite. It was a little thing. It's not like they came out and said that on the air. 
who gives a shit? So I didn't really mind it. I thought it was like a little chuckle thing. It was, was it mm. dumb? Yeah. But it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, uh, going after WWE, you're talking shit about them. I didn't really see it that way. I just thought it was a harmless joke. Now, did you, uh, man, I had a point. Did you hear Corey Graves on SmackDown when, uh, Maverick won the 24 seven title? Then he said, uh, something he mentioned about the limo and Longhorn, some shit like that. Did he? What did he say? Oh, my. Hold up. He mentioned something like uh, something like hope he doesn't celebrate in a limo going somewhere like he kind of made a reference to 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 Jericho. Oh, I saw him tweet something where he was like, oh, you know, I'm not taking a shot at anyone. Um, I just did at a friend or whatever. I mean, again, it's it's funny. It, that that's fucking funny because Jericho was at fault for that, so it's kind of funny. Um, like again, little stuff like that. They're not shitting on the company. No. That, that the thing with the belt has nothing to do with AEW. That was a Jericho fuck up. I mean, not even it was it was it was a it was a, just an accident. So it's not like they were taking a shot like oh, our world title match is better than Jericho and P-. like you know what I mean. Like it has nothing to do with that. I thought it was fu- I, that I didn't hear that, but that is pretty funny. Uh, real quick, w- one more point. Um, what was your biggest takeaways? Something that kind of caught you off guard. Something that you did not know when you went to see CM Punk and Starcast. Wait, what about this? I'm, I'm sorry, CM Punk Starcast. I missed that. I'm sorry. Oh no! So now, now, now you were there, Starcast for CM Punk, right? Yes, yeah, on Saturday. Okay, so now yeah. I'm asking you, what was your biggest takeaways? What information that you, you heard that, or that you learned that maybe you did not know or know too much of? Like, what was your overall assessment of going there? Oh, okay. So I wasn't at the, the... He had like a sit-down show on Saturday that aired on Fight TV. I checked that out after the fact. I wasn't there for that. I just met the guy and left. Oh, um, okay. All right, all right. So yeah, I, I didn't really... I had a chance to talk to him for a few minutes, and he was, again, really, really nice. Um, But yeah, they did have a sit-down show where he addressed his future in wrestling and stuff like that. Um, I didn't go to that. I just went to go meet Brian Cage in StarCast after I met Punk from Impact, and that was it. Then I just went home. I I, I explored other parts of Chicago after that. But um, yeah, so I watched the show. And they were asking, oh, are you going to be at All Out, blah, blah, blah. And he was obviously like, no. He didn't say it in like a degrading way, like, oh, fuck wrestling. Like, if he, if he was going to do that, then why would you appear at a wrestling convention? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he still likes the fans. He may not like wrestling anymore. Yeah. But he doesn't hate the fans. I feel like that's kind of blown out of proportion. Um, I thought it was weird. They never addressed his future. They never once discussed his MMA career. And I don't know what's going on with that. He's, he's been doing commentary for some promotion now for a few months. And I, I guess doing a pretty good job at it, which is no surprise. He did commentary for a short time in WWE, and he was great. He's an awesome talker. Um, I don't see him fighting again. I guess he could. He's already lost now in the UFC twice. He could, he could fight in smaller promotions. I don't know if he's interested. The guy's 40 now, I think. Um... So there was that. But yeah, he was talking about wrestling and he shared some stories and he talked about The Rock and how um, The Rock called him on Raw that one time. Or no, it wasn't on Raw. It was after Raw a few years ago at mm. Los Angeles when they were filming for Fighting With My Family. And he was talking about that and how they're kind of on good terms now, which is cool. And um, yeah, I thought it, it was a great sit down special. And they were talking about, you know, um, wrestling and the interviewer asked him. It was Mike Johnson from PW Insider, and he asked him, like, hey, not to, like, give the dirt sheet any, you know, headlines here, but not to give the dirt sheets any headlines, but he asked him, if Vince McMahon or Triple H called you tomorrow, would you pick up? And Punk said, again, he was like, you know, they're going to take this out of, you know, context here, but yeah, I would pick up, because I guess Punk... I mean, obviously, he has his issues with them, but if they were willing to talk business with him, he would answer. Because I guess this is kind of coming off the rumors of, like, Fox being interested in Punk a few weeks ago for their studio show or Punk's agency being interested. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't I don't believe that for a second. But um, with Punk, he's like, yeah, I would talk to anybody. And I feel like people are too afraid to talk to him because AEW made him a deal a while ago, but it was via text, like, that's fucking Bush League. I think that's really stupid. Really dumb. So um, if they really want to bring him in, I feel like they'd have to be more professional and talking to him and making him a deal. I mean, the guy was in Chicago. So, I mean, hopefully they had, you know, talks with him while he was there. If not, that's a missed opportunity. Mm. But um, not to say that he closed the door on wrestling. I don't think he'll wrestle again. I don't think he wants to set him up self for failure, you know, coming back and 
having all these expectations and hopes to live up to and then not meeting those expectations. I don't think he wants to do that and I don't blame him, but it would be cool to see him back in like a, you know, a speaking role or a commentary role. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I don't know if that's likely, but um, we'll see. I don't think he's coming back to wrestling anytime soon, but you made it sound like there could be a chance down the road if he was given the right offer and people were willing to talk to him. AEW kind of talk to him in a weird way over text. Like that's kind of, again, a little Bush league. And then WWE, he's like, well, it's not really me. They're the ones that, you know, if they wanted to talk to me, I feel like they would have talked to me by now. And um, they're the ones that aren't reaching out to me. It's a little different. So I don't think they're going to reach out to him anyway, given their issues with punk um, over the last number of years. But uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting and it was a really fascinating watch and it's only about two hours long. I would strongly recommend it to anyone who is a CM Punk fan. It was a great watch. So uh, be sure to check that out when you get a chance. Is there a, is there a free link for me to watch that or no? Uh, if you search hard enough, I'm sure there is online. Um, there definitely is. So uh, maybe I'll maybe I might find one for you, Randy, and I yeah. might send you one after the show. But I don't want to endorse anything illegal. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just keep it at that. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw real quick. I saw a few clips. I mentioned the John Cena stuff. You felt, you know, he was very comfortable with John Cena in the ring. John, yes, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, let him do whatever the fuck you want him to do. That's CM Punk's words. I saw the thing about The Rock with the, the phone call in the middle of the ring and, and Punk was trying to explain that he was in the elevator with his dog and he couldn't pick up. He, he wished he did. Um, but they, they, he, you know, he, he called and texted him back later. I did see the part that he kind of laughed about, you know, people are taking time off now and that when he wanted to take time off, they fired him. So that was kind of interesting to see. And I think that's all I that's all that I can find. I know it's much longer than that. So at some point I'm gonna try to find that and see the whole thing. Um but just seeing him interacting, engaging with the fans and the crowd is it, always a good sign to see. You know, again, in the world of wrestling, you just never know. You could be mad at somebody one day and then maybe years down the road you kind of make up and hash it out and then you see those performers come back you know I, I don't I don't think the door is cl- I don't think the door is closed for Punk to come back I think maybe for him if he was to main event a Wrestlemania come back knowing the, the, the circumstances like if I come back win the title main event Wrestlemania that could be intriguing for him because that was the one thing he, he, he you know he mentioned that he was the world champion for so long but he was he was never the main event of majority of those shows. It was The Rock, it was Cena, it was Brock Lesnar, it was Triple H. So, again, him being 40, it's not closed. I think it don't have to be the right team, uh, right team, right place, right time, right situation. So I think he'll come back eventually, just probably not now, but just seeing him around and, and, and these conventions and still having some sort of love for, uh, for pro wrestling is good. I'm glad you met him. Great guy. Great conversation you had. Um, so that's pretty much all I, all I got to say about that. But uh, we do have Clash of Champions coming up next week with the uh, the preview. Um, the Monday Night Raw and SmackDown are both from the Garden this week. I'll be at the Garden for Raw on Monday. See how that goes. And I guess we'll see what happens with the King of the Ring. And anything else that happens next week, bro. Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to it. I think next week is the go home show for uh, for Clash of Champions in about a week and a half. So we'll have plenty of uh, predictions to talk about for the pay per view as well. That's right, man. Don't forget, you bitches out of time. Oh, of course. That, that's a fire line, Randy. <laughs> hashtag, that should be the name of this episode. Hashtag you bitches is out of time. <laughs> that's Classic. what she said. Uh, Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. Always a pleasure. Follow him on Twitter at WrestleRant. Always appreciate it, my man. Thank you, Randy. Always a great time. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Adios. All right.